0: resurrection weekend is now upon us and i have a full rundown of this weekend's schedule of church gatherings i also have a couple of announcements to share and we will look at the conclusion of the spiritual focus position versus condition all of that in this week's midweek connection april the 5th 2023 So we begin with our announcements and the first announcement has to do with the Aspire Homeschool Co-op. Now they meet every Monday right here at TMC and they will be hosting a program of music, art, science projects and a lunch will be offered. This will all take place on Monday, April the 17th at 10:30 a.m. Now, you're invited to attend to celebrate the accomplishments of the children. And if you would like to attend, They ask that you please register using the connection that will be provided in this Friday's e-blast. Now, Friday is the deadline to register if you would like to attend. And also be aware that a free will offering will be received uh, to pay for the lunch. Okay? All right. Number two, don't forget about uh, the two-service survey. Uh, We've had about 90 come in thus far, and the input has been very informative and helpful. Now, you have until Sunday, April the 16th, to complete the survey. You can access the survey through last week's eblast, and it will be available again in this Friday's eblast as well. Printed copies are available at the west and east entrances of the church. Finally, Good Friday and Easter Sunday is coming right up. Good Friday, this Friday, April the 7th, and Easter Sunday, April The I want to encourage you as you think about attending those gatherings to be right on time. The Friday gathering begins at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday's gatherings will begin at 8 and 10 a.m. respectively. Now, I ask that uh, you give careful consideration to what I'm about to ask of you as it relates to both of these dates. Each gathering is going to begin with a video which means that the lights are going to be down, making it somewhat difficult to find a seat if you're coming in after the service begins. Now we're asking that you be mindful of the time and find a seat in the worship center prior to the start uh, of each of these gatherings. In this way, you won't miss any of the features of the gathering and others will not be disturbed by people trying to find seats in the dark. Also, Uh, we're expecting a strong attendance. And we ask that you move, when you go in to find a seat, move toward the middle of the row so that the aisle seating is easy to identify by our ushers who are helping others find seats. You know, Good Friday and Easter Sunday are two of the most important gatherings of the year because people will attend church on one or both of these dates uh, when they won't attend at other times during the year And this is a grand opportunity for them to hear the gospel. And I guarantee you at TMC, the gospel will be the featured communication of all that we do. So I invite you to work together, to work with me, to make both Good Friday and Easter gatherings, uh, ones in which the Holy Spirit is free to encourage the saints and to draw sinners to saving faith in Jesus Christ. So, I'm thanking you in advance for your help in this matter. Well, that's all I have for announcements today. Let's turn our attention now to the conclusion of our spiritual focus on position versus condition. Well, today's spiritual focus is the third segment of a three-part series on the topic of position versus condition. Now, remember when I refer to position, I'm talking about one's standing with God. And when I talk about condition, we're talking about the various life circumstances that make up our physical reality. In session one, we discovered that everyone enters life in the same position. We are alienated from God. We are enemies of God, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. In other words, we are outside of Christ. Now, as to our condition in that position, it varies. We may be healthy, wealthy, and happy, or we may be weak, poor, and miserable, but regardless of our condition, our natural position is that of outside of Christ. No matter how much good we do, we are outside of Christ. No matter how much bad we do, we are outside of Christ. Our condition, whatever it is, has no impact on our position. In other words, there's absolutely nothing that I, we can do in and of ourselves to change our natural position with God. If that's going to happen, uh, if that's going to change, then he must initiate the change. And this is what session two was about. The good news that God has initiated a way in which my position with him can change. That way has a name. His name is Jesus. Jesus. He is the Christ, the Messiah. Having lived a sin, sinless life, Jesus took sin upon himself at the cross. He gave his life as the perfect sacrifice unto God for human sin. And in this act, Jesus once for all paid the debt of sin. And then, by the power of God, Jesus was raised from the dead, victorious over sin, death, and the, and was given the power and the right to give eternal life to all who will look to him in repentance and faith as savior and lord now those who do are ushered into a new position with god we are placed into christ and with his righteousness covering us god declares us justified what does that mean well it means that jesus's righteousness becomes our righteousness, so that when the Father looks at us, he sees the perfection of his Son, Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 speaks to this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, I praise God for what he has done to make a change in our position possible. But listen, here's where uh, followers of Christ can get themselves all twisted up, discouraged, and even at times doubtful of their relationship to God uh, through Jesus. And that is this, my change of position. It does not automatically change my condition. In other words, coming to faith in Jesus, while it deals with my sin debt with God, my position, it does not automatically deal with my propensity to sin, my condition. Now, there are two issues to deal with as it relates to all of this. Number one, can my condition, my ability to commit sin, threaten to reverse my new position, my being in Christ? Is my being in Christ something that is permanent or is it conditional? And the second thing to deal with is this What must occur for my condition to begin to change so that it reflects my new position of righteousness in Christ Jesus? Well, first, can my righteous position in Christ revert back to my old position outside of Christ? And thankfully, The answer is no, absolutely not. Just as my position outside of Christ could not be changed by my works to improve my spiritual condition, so too my position in Christ cannot be changed by my lack of works to improve my spiritual condition. On either side of the position fence, my condition has no effect on my position It cannot put me in Christ, and it cannot remove me from Christ. Now, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus where he says this. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. The bottom line is that God is the one who changed your position from outside to in Christ. And it is God, by His Spirit, who maintains that position without regard of our condition as we live life in the flesh. So, the Christian is secure in Christ regardless of condition. But let's not think that God does not care about our condition because quite the opposite is true. Once positioned in Christ, it is God's will that our condition be conformed to the likeness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers." You know, it's God's will that our condition be continually and systematically transformed to be more and more like our position in Christ, i.e., that we be sanctified. And that brings us to the second question, what must I do for my condition to begin to change so that it reflects my new position of righteousness in Christ Jesus? And key words in that statement are, what must I do? The transformation of my condition to the likeness of Christ is not not automatic. It will not occur without my cooperation with the revelations of God's word and the indwelling power of God's spirit. Now, there's no way around it. My condition, my sanctification is tied to my knowledge of what God has revealed in his word. Romans chapter 6 is a key passage looking at verses 1 through 7. Paul says, well then, should we keep on sinning that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ, Jesus in baptism, now that's not water baptism uh, into Christ, but Holy Spirit baptism into Christ, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, same kind, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Now, Paul is talking about the change of position from outside to in Christ. And what he tells us is, is that saving grace unites us with Jesus in his death for sin, and we then die to sin, and he unites us to his resurrection so that we become alive unto God. And here's something that uh, most of us seem to miss. It's the reality And the knowledge of this that becomes the impetus for our living new lives, i.e. the ongoing transformation of our condition. Paul goes on to explain more, verse 5, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. For we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now, without the revelation of God's word, we could not know this. And knowing this reality, the reality of our position in Christ is foundational to a change in our spiritual condition. Verse 11 sums it up and also brings it home. In verse 11 Paul says, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Paul says, based on the revelation of verses 1-7, through 7, the reality of our position in Christ, we are to do something, something very important. We are to mark it down. We are to accept it as fact that we are now in Christ, dead to the power of sin, and alive to God through Christ Jesus. In no small way, the conformity of our condition to our position is directly tied to our understanding of and belief in our position in Christ. Now, you know, they say that people tend to live up to what they think of themselves. If one believes themselves to be stupid, they will likely remain stupid. If one believes themselves to have the capacity to learn, to gain knowledge, they will likely gain knowledge and not be stupid. Well, many Christians rightly believe they're saved, meaning that they'll go to heaven when they die. But they do not believe that this change of position has any real impact on their everyday condition. There's a gospel song that says this. It says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. (laughs) Well, you know there's truth in that. Sinners are saved by grace. But the problem with the song is that it suggests that a believer is still a sinner saved by grace. To that I say, no. On Saturday, on a Saturday in July of 1975, I was a sinner who was saved by grace, but I'm not a sinner anymore. Oh, I do still sin, unfortunately, but I'm no longer outside of Christ. I'm in Christ, and thus I'm not a sinner. I am a saint. I am a saint. That is my position. I am a saint who still sins. That is my condition. As long as I believe that I'm a sinner, I'm not going to make much headway into a sanctified condition because I'm not embracing the reality of my position in Christ. I must embrace my position in Christ because the sanctification of my condition is built on the reality of that position. Uh, Miles Stanford, I spoke to you a little bit about him in the very first session, he writes this. He says, our daily experience can be no more true than the doctrine or the truth that we hold and by which we are held. Jesus said this, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know, it's true of the sinner. Only as they know they are sinners and know about the gift of grace through Jesus Christ can they be free from sin's condemnation. And it's true of the saint. Only as we know about the change of our position, dead to sin and alive unto God, can we be free to live out the reality of that position, systematically conforming our condition to the image of Christ. Okay. Let me just sum all of this up with a few statements that are found in uh, green letters written by Miles Stanford, and he makes these four statements in regard to the issues that I've been talking about. Number one, he says, we must see and understand our position, our identity with Christ, having died to the dominion of sin and made alive to God through him. This is something that is very crucial and something we need to know. Number two, there must be awareness of the need for our daily life, our daily condition, to be reserved unto Christ and not to self. What does that mean? It simply means that our daily life is not really for us. Our daily life is to be reserved or given over or consecrated to the Purposes and the will of our Savior. This is necessary if we're going to see our condition in any way begin to represent our new position in Christ. Number three, he says, We must exercise faith in the reality of our position by standing upon the facts of our death to sin and resurrection to new life with Christ. You know, this is a reality. Whether you sin a lot or a little, the bottom line is you have died to the power of sin and you've become alive unto God. You can live for him, but you never will, really, if you continue to believe that you are tied to sin and can't keep from it. Number four, from the basis of this faith, these things he's been talking about, The Holy Spirit, then, is free to translate the truth of our position into our daily condition or into our daily life. Now, when we cross over, either by death or by rapture into the presence of our Lord, then our position and our condition will be in perfect harmony. But until then, it is God's will for us as we live out our physical lives in Christ to embrace the realities of our position in Him, so that through that position, both the Word and the Spirit can mold us into the image of Christ Jesus, thus systematically making our daily condition more and more like our eternal position. Well, there is a lot that's been said this past three sessions about position and condition. Perhaps you might want to go a little deeper into that, and if you do, I recommend Miles Stanford's book, Green Letters. It's available on Amazon for just $7.99. You can click and purchase it and, uh, and then gain a lot of great um, information and encouragement that I believe can help you to grow so that your condition in life, your daily life, begins more and more to reflect the image Uh, or to reflect not only the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, but to reflect also the position that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I just would ask that your spirit would help us collectively to grasp this idea of our position once we come to faith in Christ, our position being in him, and that that new position brings to us certain Uh, realities. We are released from the power of dominating sin, and we become alive unto you. We can live for you. Lord, help us to grasp that position and believe in that and to receive it as fact so that in our daily walk, then, we can begin to see our condition, our sins begin to melt away. And more and more, we're reflecting not only the image of Jesus, but the image of of that true position in him. Uh, Lord, strengthen us in this and encourage us that we might become sanctified more and more like you, Lord Jesus. I pray this for the glory of the Father and I pray this for the benefit of those around me and us and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Resurrection Weekend is just one day away. It begins on Friday at 6.30 p.m. with our Good Friday service, which will be focusing on this Jesus, His life, His death. And then we have two services on Sunday at 8 and 10 a.m. focusing on this Jesus, His resurrection, and our hope. I hope to see you both Friday and Sunday, and I encourage you to bring a friend, because The gospel will be presented through song and through the spoken word. Jesus will be lifted up and the realities of his death for sin and resurrection for life will be celebrated. So, you have a great week. May God bless you. We'll see you this week,